From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are live here at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist former corporate recruiter, and we have Dream Team in studio, Dion and Michelle, to kick off 2019, and we've got a great show for you today. Hey, are you thinking about a career change? What's going on for you in the new year? You can give us a call all hour long at 844-WHARTON, 942-7866. If it's Thursdays, it's open calls as always, and we want to hear from you. Today, we welcome in studio Kelly Asbury, and Kelly has an MBA and is the Director of Alumni Career Services at Smeal College of Business at Penn State. And prior to her current role, Kelly was the Alumni Career Advisor in the Arts Institute, and she's held several creative roles at the Boulder Museum of Contemporary Art, Colorado Film and Video Association, and the Laboratory of Arts and Ideas. Welcome to Career Talk, Thank Kelly. Thank you, We're so excited <laughs> to kick off the year talking about careers in the arts. And there's a lot of, um, we've had a lot of people call in and say, hey, you need to do a show about the careers in the arts, either how to get into them or maybe even how to transition mm-hmm. out of them into corporate. And it's such a big topic. So I just want to, I want to dive in, but I, I was reading your LinkedIn because <laughs> I want to get to get to, to know you a little bit better. You wrote a mantra in your LinkedIn, which I love, which is be interesting, be different. What does this mean to you? Sure. Well, at least for me, my creative path has really been drawn on passion and exposure and experiential opportunities. So I was fortunate enough to uh, be reared in environments and uh, liberal uh, arts, so humanities, art, design, photography, music. And so uh, I really had a diverse career path and an education. And so where I found myself in my career came from my earlier experience. And so I felt that I didn't have a very linear career path. I wanted to be different. I felt creative and expressive. And so I really opened myself up to opportunities along the way. And so when I look at my past career path and where I want to be, it's really just been um, an expression of my true self. Yeah. And I love that about you, Kelly, because I think this is one of the things we talk about a lot on Career Talk is that people can make changes. We get on a path and sometimes that path is great and we want to do it for the rest of our lives. But other times we decide, hey, there's other things that are interesting that weren't there when I got on this path or I've just decided I want to do something different. So if you are in that boat and you're thinking about a career in the arts, maybe you want to switch into photography or acting or singing or some kind of creative painting or things of that mm-hmm. nature, we want to hear from you today. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Kelly Asbury, and we're talking all about switching to careers in the arts. So let's define what, what this is, because I just mentioned a couple, but careers in the arts, that's such a broad topic. Right. So art is really an expression of emotion and imagination, and so it all really starts with the concept of an idea and it blooms in the artist's hands. And there really um, is no difference between commercial art and fine art in this respect, but what really comes about is uh, how the artist creates it. So in fine art, the purpose is really um, building or creating an aesthetic object that's appreciative, defined, and unique qualities, but commercial art really works to use that uh, those tangibles to sell or market a product. So um, in education, the the universities or the colleges really want you to define whether you're a commercial or a fine artist, but you can really work both into a creative outlet. So uh, I suggest, you know, understanding, you know, the difference between the two, do you want to do something that's really just a form of self-expression, or do you want to be creative and be a part more of the business world? And so what's fascinating is you can have a little bit of both. So whether you're an artist and you want to move into business, or you're a business and want to work into creative spectrum, you can really merge those two and be successful 
in either realm. Yeah. So that so basically, just to kind of recap what you said, that's a big field. Yes. It's a very big field. Massive. And, and with, I think, technology coming into it, I mean, we used to think of, of creative arts as, as, you know, maybe an expression on the stage or, or through painting or things like that. But now technology plays such mm-hmm. a role that there's the graphic design and there's so many things that combine arts and the technology that, that are new careers that didn't even exist. Yeah. I mean, look at technology in the film and the video game industry. You have 3D modeling, you have animation, you have computer graphics, um, you even have industrial design. So a lot of these uh, creative forms are coming out in entertainment and technology is at the core. But ultimately, it's that creative expression. So that artistic style that happens within a human and individual that comes out in this technology. Um, and that's why we may talk a little bit about, you know, right-minded and creative selves and how can we mitigate the challenges in automation and technology and really find a space for ourselves in, in the workforce. Yeah. And in some ways, I'm, I'm thinking we're all sort of artists and no matter what we do. And in other ways, we're all kind of in technology no matter what we do. Yeah. So I think I think it's, it's become such a diverse and growing field that really the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And I think the differentiation between the left brain and the right brain. So there, I think the economy was really built on left brain, um, which you had lawyers and you had not, nothing against MBAs because I am one, but somebody who was typically seen as a numbers cruncher, where now you're opening up to this creative entrepreneurship, creative economy, where people really need to be able to solve problems, be innovative. And so you can actually be a creative entrepreneur or a creative technologist. Um, and it's the merging of these two areas that probably is one of the most exciting times to be in the creative economy. Yeah, so hey, if, if you're you're looking to make a change or you've got a creative itch inside you and you're looking to see if you can make a career change mm-hmm. into this field, you're tuning into Career Talk on the right day. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we're here with Kelly Asbury, who is the Director of Alumni Career Services at Smeal College of Business at Penn State, but also has a very uh, intense background in yeah. all kinds of creative arts and video and and museum and all these great Yeah, I'm great working places. at a business school, but I spent so many years in arts administration and as a uh, small business owner and, you know, working in the arts and the creative field, but, but understand the business aspect of it as well. So I'm kind of a true mantra myself yeah. in that respect. So you're living it. You're living it. 844 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Brent in Florida. Brent, welcome to Career Talk. Happy New Year. What's on your mind today? Hi, I have a question for Kelly. Hi, Brent. Kind of a Hi. So I'm an artist. I design uh, jigsaw puzzles for a few companies. Now, I've got a pretty decent demand for my artwork, but I'm starting to find out that I've got a bigger demand of people wanting to know how I do what I do. So I'm kind of on the gap or on the fence of changing my uh, my whole, shifting my whole business plan to teaching people how I do mm-hmm. what I do. But I feel like I'm kind of going to lose the purity in my artwork. So I'd love your opinion on how to tactfully make that transition from artist to kind of teacher, right. if that makes sense. That is a great question. Um, first of all, I think it's important, uh, you know, in career development, there are a couple of initial phases. So there's self-exploration and market research. So this is definitely a good time to ask that question to yourself and kind of understand uh, where you stand with your purest art form and maybe where you'd like to expand into education, being an educator and even business. And then, you know, do a little bit of that market research. Certainly, you know, build a network and talk to people who've maybe segued from fine art um, into the commercial or the business realm and get a feel for their experience and then start to experiment. It sounds like you potentially could be a thought leader in this space. So the fact that you've done so well in your creative um, pursuit and now are merging into something uh, something different that uh, you might be somebody who can speak to this, who can you know create blogs or uh, speak on social media, really market uh, the knowledge that you have, draw people in, and then turn that into another business form. Yeah, I think it's great that people are asking you that, Brent, because I think a lot of people, maybe you could tell me if I'm wrong, Kelly, aspire to that. They aspire to 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 eventually teach others or or, or generate interest of others in the arts. And it sounds like, Brent, you're already doing that with, with your art. So, I mean, is that something that a lot of people, Kelly, come yeah. to you and ask about? Yes. And I think it is important that, uh, that when you're doing the self-exploration is where does that passion, you don't want 
the business per se to really stray you too far from the, the creative artistic form, but you want to be able to, to expose and to grow um, yourself and your business as well. So so moving that that core aspect of your artwork into another business realm like education or marketing and such is another way to ex- grow yourself and grow your business. Mm-hmm. Brent, great question. And you actually made me um, you know, kind of tie on to something else that, that we had planned to talk about. But it's this idea of, of marketing your artwork to others, even if you're not looking to move into teaching or anything like that. I think one of the challenges that any creative person or any person who's going to start their own business has is that it's not just about the business anymore or your art artwork. It is now about how to promote that out there on social media or in other ways so that people know about it. And there's so much noise out there and so many talented people. So so I want to I want to kind of talk about that. Brent, mm-hmm. thank you so much for bringing up this really important topic and best of luck in all of uh, your artwork for 2019. Hey, 844-942-7866. We're taking your calls all hour long on Career Talk. So, so Kelly, tell us about this marketing piece and, and how you need to be adept at this as an artist yeah. I think um, you know with artists sometimes the, the the concept of marketing feels like self-promotion or seamless, shameless self-promotion and and I've worked with artists where you know it's time to market the work it's time to potentially expand their creative pursuit in their business and when it comes to marketing their work they feel like they're marketing themselves and so they have a hard time separating their personal um, self from the work that they do. But marketing is really important because if you want to expose your work and potentially make money and make a living, you have to, people have to know about what it is that you're doing. And so if you don't feel comfortable that realm, especially from a business perspective, um, you can always get somebody else to, to come in and do that professional work for you. So you can kind of kind of um, farm out that work to a professional um, marketing uh, person. But, but you still have to be a part of that process. People want to know about you and know about your work and your art and, and get to know you. So you can talk about yourself and, and what, uh, what fueled your creative passion and kind of market that piece without essentially selling your soul. But it is really important. The marketing and the promotion, don't necessarily think of it as self promotion, but the marketing piece is really important to open up and expose your work to the world. Yeah. And I do think, um, you know, this idea of having to learn social media and having to be on it all the time. I mean, I even think this about, you know, being on the radio, it's, it's, that's not enough. You have to go on, you have to promote it. You have to, to tag people, you have to do all of these things. And so it's almost like a separate career altogether. Mm -hmm. So how does an artist, um, let's just say they don't have the means to hire somebody to do this work. How can an artist balance this? Because the, the creative side, I imagine, takes a lot of time mm-hmm. as well as as all of this marketing yeah I think uh, you basically have to, to look at yourself and kind of look at your schedule and the time that you can dedicate to this so if you're in the studio and you're creating your art um, and you're building your work you will have to set aside time you know to build your business so maybe that's consulting with someone that can help you kind of balance those two entities but you know essentially you know uh, you know every day just set aside some time whether it's in the morning or the afternoon the evening around your work your your creative work schedule to do some of that marketing so if you know that you just want to you know communicate with your audience once a day you can be on social media you can share you know images of your work you can post about uh, you know the creative uh, you know background to what drove you into to, to building and designing that piece and then let people kind of collaborate and, and converse with you in a social media realm. And, and honestly, it really gives you an opportunity um, to not just you know build a network from a business perspective, but to connect with your audience and kind of with your fan. And people may who may follow you um, want to purchase your work or really want to get inside of you as a creative artist. Yeah, and I find that people want on social media especially to engage with you. Like, like you're saying, um, Kelly, they want to know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. They want to understand what's behind the the art that yeah. comes up they want to understand they want a response I think that's really important too that if you're on social media it's not enough to just post things out there but if people are engaging with you or or liking your work mm-hmm. or other things I think it's important to to respond and to interact because that's the part of social media that I think really garners more followers right. and, and more attention sure and think about the greatest artists of our time um, you know those who have passed away and left us a legacy of work, some of uh, the most important uh, parts about their history is really just their personal and their life experience. So um, you look at Picasso or uh, you look at, you know, fine artists and painters all the way uh, to greatest filmmakers. You look at their life experience and and how they kind of, uh, 
you know, built themselves into society. It's more than just the work that created the stamp that they left in their artwork in the world. It's really about the life experience they've shared. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. Hey, if you're thinking about making a change to the arts in 2019, or maybe you have and you have some advice for others who are looking to make this shift, we want to hear from you on Career Talk 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we're live right now and taking your calls. One of the things I found that's really helpful, Kelly, is is finding like-minded people. So maybe if you're you're starting out as an artist or an entrepreneur or in some creative business, finding others who are doing that too and helping to promote one another because I think there really is a power in that. And I think sometimes people avoid that because they look at people as competition. But mm-hmm. I think I think we what we need to really do is approach this space as one of abundance and that the more people we can collaborate with even if we do similar types of work the more people who are going to get interested in this space and the more customers we're going to have so I think that's one of the things that I would encourage artists to do is look for people who are doing similar things and start finding ways to collaborate and promote one another because that can really boost your art as well yeah absolutely you know building that creative uh, community or even more so the creative economy Um, I've worked with artists where um, it was it was silly because they didn't want to share their ideas or creative pursuits or they didn't want to even understand another artist's form or where they're coming from because they felt that that would somehow um, impede upon their creative expression. But what they were doing was isolating themselves. It's community that really is very open, expressive, and t- intuitive and really supportive. And so those artists are creative that that work within a community to support each other are really the ones that will be the most successful either personally or professionally in business. Yeah, and and I do understand that there's the <laughs> fear of, you know, somebody's going to steal my work and and you know or that, change my mindset yeah. or influence my work in some way. It's not true. Yeah, it's it, but it is it is tempting to believe those things. So if people are worried about, you know, I don't want to put my stuff out there because I'm afraid somebody's going to going to, you know, copy it or steal. I mean, what are some of the things they can do to change this mindset? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I've even worked with people in business, um, you know, really, really high level business professionals who would never sign an NDA. Um, And the reason why is because they are these creative entrepreneurs. So they are people who are coming with ideas all the time. They're creative. It's just flowing out of them like water. And so therefore, they're they're open to sharing. And I and I really thought about that as far as with artists as well. So, you know, if you're working on a series or a collection of work or you're coming up with new ideas or sketches, when you're somebody's in that creative flow, you've just got so much to share. And so in that respect, the more that you release and give out to the world, the more opportunity for you to generate and create more and new work. So it has to go somewhere. So the ideas have to go somewhere. The artwork has to go somewhere. So when you're sharing and collaborating, it actually fuels your creative spirit and actually can reinvigorate your work to even produce more and even better work. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. We're here with Kelly Asbury, who is the career director for the Alumni Career Services at the Smeal College of Business at Penn State. And we are taking our calls all hour long, 844-942-7866. We're going to go to Linda in Indiana. Linda, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I have a small business uh, decorative painting uh, that I opened about over 10 years ago, and it's gone well. I um, also have a background in I have a, a background in business with an MBA. Very nice. I'm thinking about transitioning from my small business um, for a number of reasons, including financial. Um, and I'd like to use my experience getting back to more of a traditional, uh, you know, in a traditional business setting. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about how to, what kind of ideas you have to either, you know, a, a source of information to, to, to think about what types of jobs would be or what you know what types of businesses might I use my experience yeah so Linda can you tell us a little bit more about your business your small business just kind of general um, you know who are your customers was it was it national global just a little bit more information uh, no, so, uh, mostly residential mostly um, people who are really interested in design um, some commercial work uh, working also with designers and, um, yeah. So, and you, you mentioned you want to get back into corporate. Tell us what that means to you, because that can mean a lot of different things. You know, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a social person, so I'm looking forward to interacting more with, 
um, you know, I, I like to collaborate. Um, I'm just wondering how I can, I don't, I, you know, I have a good thing going. It doesn't meet all mm -hmm. of my needs, and I hate to just throw away all my experience. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call you out. I'm. I'm not convinced you want to move back into corporate. I'm convinced you want certain things to change. Um, and and I. The reason I think this is an important realization is because it's so important that you you run to versus run run from. And just in this short conversation, what I'm hearing is you like a lot of what you're doing. It it feeds your creative side, but there might be two things missing: one, the social engagement, and two, the financial payoff. So my question to you is: Do you really want to move back? in a corporate or do you want to find a way to to solve those two challenges oh totally that's exactly what i've thought about over and over and i guess i'm hesitant to exact for exactly what you say i i'm there's a whole part that i really enjoy about what i've built and and what i'm doing it doesn't meet all the needs um and then when i think about you know uh, think about where would that fit in in a corporate setting i i don't I don't come up with a lot of ideas. Yeah, well, see, this is a great time to, to look into the self-exploratory and market research phase. So when you're thinking about um, this potential opportunity, are you getting out and, and, and talking with people within your network, um, looking at creative opportunities within a corporate or a business and environment that can pull your soft skills? So the fact that you're entrepreneurial, that you're creative, that you're building uh, connections um, within your community, public relations, marketing, these are all really great assets that could feed well into, um, you know, uh, a business or a corporate environment. But what are those those transferable skills that you could market? The fact that you uh, have this artistic background, creative background, there could be, you know, creative industries that need somebody um, on, on the business side, and that could potentially merge really well into another um, kind of sector in your, in your professional career. Linda, how long have you had your business? Yeah. Over 10 years. Yeah, well. so, so I, and I, because I, um, here's what I think. I think that the, the industry has changed so much in the last decade that to tag on to Kelly's point, that there are probably roles that are, that are more commercial or more in corporate that will take into account the exact skill set you bring that maybe didn't even exist 10 years ago. And so I think one of the first steps you want to do is get out there and find out how the market has changed and what those opportunities are. Because I have a feeling that once you kind of get out there and start digging in to to what's out there you're going to find a number of corporate or commercial places where your skill sets are going to be a fit obviously that sector has the finances to probably pay you more which would solve that challenge and then you're going to be out there maybe doing some consulting or contracting to to tag on to what you're doing now and it's going to fulfill those two needs without you making a complete switch and, th and that's what I would love to see you do is expand into yeah. the current market mm -hmm. and and what has been built in the last decade that you may not yet be aware of versus making a change and leaving what you're doing. Yes, and you may be right. even so to sell your background, your experience um, to an organization yeah. um, that has an yeah. opportunity that hasn't even been created yet. So you could create an opportunity um, for yourself uh, that even hasn't been been established. I think the other beauty that exists now that that maybe didn't ten years ago is that you don't even have to be in the same location a lot of times to be able to market the business that you have. You may you may have to think more creatively, but now so many things can be done remotely or or over technology and different types of things. So so what may have limited you 10 years ago because that wasn't an option and maybe, you know, due to um, those opportunities not being in your backyard, mm -hmm. those those barriers are gone now. Those barriers are are quickly dissipating. So so what I I would say is give yourself some time for the next few months to explore in your space to see where you can fulfill those two gaps that are, are bothering you right now, which are creative um, energy working and collaborating with other people and the financial part, because I have a feeling that you're going to be able to do exactly what you're doing now in an environment that helps you solve those other two problems. So we wish you all the best, Linda, um, in, in this pursuit. And we're excited to see where this goes for you in 2019. Good hey, luck, Linda. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Today, as we kick off 2019, we are talking all about moving into or out of 
perhaps, <laughs> careers in the arts and some of the challenges that you may be facing and how to overcome those challenges. So if you're thinking of maybe making this type of switch or maybe you have made this type of switch and you have some advice to share with others who are thinking about doing this as well, we'd love to hear from you on Career Talk 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And... Just as a, a tie-in to what we're doing today, some of you may remember that we are doing something new on Career Talk called Career Talk Music, and we are inviting up-and-coming bands to send their information to us at careertalkmusic at gmail.com so that we can feature you on national radio and help to promote your music. And we're going to kick off with that today after the break with our first musical entry for 2019. But before we do that, it's time for the pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Okay, this man was both a U.S. vice president and president, but was not elected to either role. Who is it? Think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM 132. We will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. Hey, today, to kick us off with our Career Talk music for 2019, we are featuring a bluegrass band from Bryn Athen, Pennsylvania, called the Hillbillies of Cohesion, who are performing their version of Rolling in my sweet baby's arms. You see, it's so catchy. I've listened, That's awesome. I, just, <laughs> I cannot get this song out of my head. You can find them at Hillbillies of Cohesion, and I promise you, you're never going to get the song out of your head. Ain't gonna work on the railroad. Ain't gonna work on the farm. Turn it up, Dion. You need to hear it. <laughs> my sweet baby's arms. Hey. Thank you for all of your submissions. If you're interested, it is not too late to send your MP3 to careertalkmusic at gmail.com. We are talking all about the arts today, and we want to help your band get some airplay on SiriusXM National Radio 132. So if you'd like to submit, please keep all submissions PG-13, but send it to careertalkmusic at gmail, and we will consider you for airplay on our show so hillbillies of cohesion hillbillies of cohesion check them out facebook and follow them they've got lots of other great music but right now rolling my sweet baby's arms is my favorite song of 2019 to kick us off so hey you're just tuning in we're here with kelly asbury and we're talking all about switching to careers in the arts and if you missed the pre-break quiz before we went to break here it is this man was both a u.s vice president and president but not elected to either role i think you know who it is 844-942-7866 this one only has one answer as opposed to most of my pre-break quizzes which could have multiple ones so so let's see who's going to get this but let's get back to talking about careers in the arts so um kelly if somebody's thinking about 2019 is my year to change into something in the arts i want to be a full-time photographer i want to be a full-time stage actor i want to to be some kind of creative artist what do they need to think about before they they just dive in so there's actually a great book out there uh, by Jackie Battenfield um, that is uh, basically walks you through um, how to make your living out as an artist. And so in this artist's guide, and um, not just be speaking to every element of the book, but 
um, you want to look at uh, your strongest voice, your strengths. So what type of work are you drawn to? And then look at potentially um, putting some goals in an action plan together about how to do some self-exploration and market research to find out what opportunities are out there where you could really kind of peg yourself into the to creative realm in the arts. Yeah, I imagine that there's some key concerns that, that you need to think of up front. I mean, finances might be one. Um, time might be another. So maybe if you're used to working in, in more of a corporate role, you're used to working Monday through Friday, and that's going to shift depending on what you're doing. So what are some of those things that you really want to consider? Yeah, so you definitely, like like you said, look at your finances, look at your lifestyle. Um, you know, you know, look at the lifestyle of other artists and, and how does that really fit into your kind of perspective of what uh, a successful career is. So, for example, you know, in fine art, if you really want to create uh, objects of just self-expression and you're willing to kind of be self-employed and work for yourself, oftentimes, you know, artists really get paid when the work is completed or sold. Um, if you want to work for somebody else, if you want to have a creative outlet, but you want to work a 40-hour work week or you'd like to have, you know, goals and objectives, um, in a strategic plan um, where you feel like you're being a part of an entity and uh, you're having the financial and the business perspectives all kind of solutioned out for you, then working for somebody else uh, would be, you know, a better solution in that realm. And so uh, building the skill sets that you need, talent, maybe going back to school um, and looking at a career, you know, working for somebody else versus being self-employed and being a fine artist all on your own. So those are really important perspectives to think about. Yeah, or, or even starting it as maybe a side hustle, so something that you're doing while you're you're gaining income in other places might be one. But I do think you need to spend a lot of time in that realm and, and talk to people because mm-hmm. we talk about values sometime on, on, on this show and how important they are to your career. And just because you enjoy something, sometimes when a, a beloved hobby becomes something that is responsible for your paycheck, all of a sudden that enjoyment can just go out the door. And I love what you uh, talk about in your book, Switchers, about having plan A. So really putting all of your energy into that action plan A. And sometimes if you have plan B and plan C, you know, these these opportunities that maybe if your plan A doesn't work out and you kind of, you know, fall behind that you have other options, but really putting your best foot forward and sinking everything that, that you have into this action plan A, um, you really start to be able to determine, is this really the right path for you? Um, and so, you know, the side hustle, the part-time business can work as well. But um, when you're balancing several entities, you know, sometimes you can get distracted. So so really trying to qualify what direction and leading that and following that path. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7 you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. We're here with Kelly Asbury talking about how to move into a career in the arts. And I think there's a mindset, too, that you need to get into. I, I was doing some research for today's show and looking at, you know, what are some of those those common you know, ideas and, and thoughts that get into artists' head and you know, this idea of someone is always better than you or you're never happy with your work or, um, mm-hmm. you know, self-doubt and, and things like that, which I think tend to come to all of us for sure. But in the arts field where it's a lot more subjective and there's there's not, you know, two plus two equals four, some of those things can be really tough. Right. Uh, this is where I think community really comes into play. So you do need a support system, um, and that can be with other artists. It could be with family and friends, but really start to build a community around you of people that that love and have faith in you no matter what you do. But then you also want to have uh, a community of, of critics, per se, and other professionals, you know, people who can keep you, you know, on the right track to ensure that this creative um, and passionate um, artistic pursuit really has the ability to be successful for you um, as a professional and as just a person in life. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, and, and this can apply to artists, but I think it applies to all of us. What is your advice uh, Kelly, when people get criticism, I mean, it, that can be tough for, for just yeah. about anybody, especially when it comes to your expertise or your, your art or whatever it is you put out into the world, whatever your gift is. So what, what is the advice you give to, to your clients and students? Well, well, first of all, you just have to practice having an open, an open mindset. So somebody who uh, is open to critique and open to criticism, uh, you know, somebody that understands that you know, where they are right now or this feedback they're getting doesn't fully define them. They have the ability 
to move on and create and develop as a person. And so somebody who's open-minded can take that information and use it to fuel them, could use it to become more creative, to come up with alternate ideas, maybe take that information and see where there are other markets and opportunities and, and build from that. So oftentimes that takes practice. That might mean kind of putting yourself in those really uncomfortable situations or, or communities or conversations, but you're opening yourself up to being more disciplined and just being more um, just more careful. Mm-hmm. I find I find I seek out criticism, and I'm I'm sure this makes me strange, but I I like to hear people's feedback, and I think like you said, you need to be open to it. But I think without that, I mean, I think I think feedback is is a gift, and a lot of times people will not give it to us. So sometimes I think you need to to seek it out. Probably artists are saying, "Oh heck no," people are giving me their opinion all the time. But right. but I think you know if if you make a practice of it and you learn kind of how to distill mm-hmm. what's going to work for you and what's not, it actually becomes a little less threatening. Right. And there is that distinction between critique and criticism, right? So somebody who's criticizing you, it really has a connotation of negative. So they're they're pointing out that a negative uh, aspect to either your art form or yourself as a person, which is different than critique. They're giving you feedback, something that can hopefully help you. Help you. Um, and I know with artists, <clears throat> it, it can be challenging because you're passionate about your work and oftentimes... Um, as a creative entity, um, you are a little bit more emotional. So being able to practice the passion, the emotion that you have for your work with being uh, a consummate professional and taking that critique versus criticism and using it to fool you will be very important. And that takes practice. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. We're here with Kelly Asbury in studio talking all about how to make a switch into a career in arts or how to promote yourself in a career in arts. So if you are thinking of making this type of change in 2019, or maybe you're thinking of moving out of the arts and want to know how to engage your background to transition into something completely different, you've hit the right channel on the right day. 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. Or you can also tweet questions at Dr. Don Graham. And hey, if you've not yet checked out Switchers, how smart professionals change careers and see success it is available in all formats kindle audible or good old-fashioned hard copy on amazon and other booksellers and if you're making a switch in 2019 you're gonna want to check that out hey let's go ahead and answer our pre-break quiz this man was both a u.s vice president and president but was not elected to either role who is it? So, Dion, this answer, there's only one for this one. So I know this is a tough one. Right. But I think I got it. Okay. Andrew Johnson. No. No. <laughs> Why didn't you have the buzzer ready? I had, I had to get there. <laughs> how did you <laughs> thought he was right? But I'm just curious how you picked Andrew Johnson. Because he wouldn't have been elected president because he was after after Lincoln. Right. See, I don't know. This is beyond my... Like, I did not look up all the wrong answers in the... the So, Andrew Johnson was after Lincoln, and we all know what happened there. So, I figured it's old enough that Mm -hmm. maybe they they didn't really do, like, the election thing, like, straight up. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe some some side deal happened, and he got vice president, and then he got presidency after Lincoln got shot. Yep. That that makes sense. (laughs) Makes sense to me. Um... But but no, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> I think I know this answer. Uh, well, so did Dion, but and it's only by chance because. Mm-hmm. Well, I started thinking, okay, this has to be someone where the presidency went awry. But the key is that the vice presidency went awry, and someone was just talking about um, this guy Sparrow Agnew, who I did not know who, who that was at the time, and this so they guy felt Spiro the need. They looked at me and they're like, you don't know who that is, do you? And I was like, no. But there was a podcast all about his life that someone was talking about. So they like gave me a little background spiel. And he had a scandal in his vice presidency. So I'm going to say it's Ford. You are right. Woo! You are right. Thanks for the person who taught me that just yeah. recently. See? See? <laughs> no. Educational show. The 38th president of the United States, Gerald Ford, 1974 to 1977. Um, so, yeah. So, 
totally exactly like you said, Michelle. Um, when Nixon's vice president, Spiro Agnew, was forced to resign from office, was nominated as the new 40th vice president, Ford then succeeded to the presidency on the resignation of President Richard Nixon under the process decreed by the 25th Amendment to the Constitution. Bam! Boom. Bam. But okay, here's something I bet I bet you didn't know because I don't know this. I didn't actually know any of this. But <laughs> like, if I had to be honest, <laughs> just learned it. I did before <laughs> I did. my time. That's what I claim. <laughs> just, Although I guess we're supposed to know U.S. history. Yeah, yeah probably. It's not before my time. So sad, but um, <laughs> yes, it is. Well, let's just say I wasn't studying history at that that time. <laughs> But Gerald Ford, Gerald Ford's original name was Leslie Lynch King Jr. Like, who knew this? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, why do people change their name like that? That was his real name, apparently. <laughs> or is that was was just just written on the paper? <laughs> you just going with it? <laughs> it was just on Wikipedia, so I figured it was true. Oh, Trusted source oh, yeah. <laughs> by Dion Simpkins. All right. Well, anyway, so there a little bit of history on career talk. For your listening pleasure or not, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, channel 132. And I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here talking about careers in the arts. Maybe this is your year to make a transition or maybe you've made a transition. Have some advice for others. We'd love to hear from you. 844-942-7866. Kelly Asbury in studio sharing all about her diverse background in the arts and business. And you've just got it all, Kelly. Yes, it's been fun. And a rock climber. And a rock <laughs> climber. Well, wow. So if you have a question about rock climbing, today's your day. 844-942-7866. So what kind of mindset do you need if you're thinking about making this change, Kelly? Because I imagine that you need a pretty tough skin if you're looking to move into the arts. You also need to to have you know a discipline about your work because there's a lot of ambiguity in this field. So so what are some of the things that that people should consider who are moving in? And are there any maybe types of mindsets that aren't going to do well in this field? Yeah. Um, at, the, at the very core, just realize that you're a creative being. And I know that that sounds kind of spiritual, um, but for many, you know, the creative pursuits in the arts is really spiritual. So, you know, understanding that you have a creative outlet um, and that you want to express it in some form. And then the part about how you're able to get that out in the world is really where that kind of that business kind of market research comes from. But uh, being open uh, to expression and, and putting your work out into the world is really uh, important. So I'd say that that open creative mindset and in essence having trust and belief for yourself is really very important. Mm-hmm. So so. How do you know, though, if you have that before you do it? Because I think, in, like, especially if you're moving from corporate, there's, you know, there's performance reviews. Sometimes there's measurements or sales goals. And there's things that are, that are just more concrete. So how do you know that you have it before you move into it? Well, this, again, goes back to uh, community. So before you start, you know, get wrapped up into your own head about are you good? Are you talented? Is there opportunity out there? Will people love and appreciate and buy your work? Uh, this is where, you know, start to communicate with people within your personal and professional community to get that feedback. And then where that's starting to draw you in a very positive way, start to follow that lead. So if somebody says, you know, you're actually a great illustrator, uh, maybe not so much in, in the digital realm, but maybe from a fine art realm, you know, really start to practice that pursuit. And then and then build alliances uh, within professional illustrators and artists in the fine art realm, whether it's you know museums or galleries or, or universities or their creative art programs. Start to practice your work and get that feedback. And where you're drawn along that path is, well, you'll start to find a, a stronger support system, a stronger community, and they'll be able to support you. And that's where you'll be able to execute the work and, and find that you actually have a strength and a voice in a particular realm and be able to move forward and potentially be successful. How do you know if you're really good? And this is this is tough <laughs> because question. it's it's objective, I get it. But there's, you know, I mean we 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 need to think about, you know, if you have the chops to make it. I mean, no matter what field it is, but in in the creative industry, it's very cutthroat yeah. and you know, you might have grown up with people telling you you're you're a great singer, artist, actor, whatever. But when you get into the real world and there's people who are not your family or friends, how do you know if you have it or you don't? And does that matter today? Can you just be a great marketer and not have it and just market yourself and be famous? Well, there's so much to consider there because there is that uh, opportunity to get feedback and critique and potentially even criticism. 
Uh, so when you're exposing your work and, and you're showing your portfolio or sharing, um, you know, samples on your website, you know, what are people saying about your work? What kind of feedback, especially through social media, if you start to share your work and you're getting really great feedback and, and posts are being shared and lots of great support and comments, you can use that kind of fuel the marketing of your work, but also to understand there's actually um, a market out there um, and that you have a voice and people are really um, listening and wanting to, to see and hear more about your work. So again, it, it, exposing yourself, kind of putting yourself out there, um, taking the feedback and the critique and the criticism and really putting it to work. Um, and ultimately, you know, you are that creative being, like I said before, you do have this passion for your work. So sometimes the critique and the criticism, um, you know, you don't want that to overwhelm. So your own passion will actually guide you and you'll continue to do the work. And and maybe at first, uh, you know, people weren't very responsive, but as you continue to grow as an artist, the market can open up for you and you find that your own passion is really driving the marketability of your work. What, what is the economy looking like in this in this space? So, you know, as, as people are maybe considering moving into the space, is, is it growing? Is it shrinking? Is it morphing? Well, uh, it's interesting because uh, the creative economy is really growing. So, um, you know, uh, macro economists will look at mega regions even around the world and, and look at those areas that are growing. And oftentimes what's coming out of this creative economy is entrepreneurism. So if you look at New York and you look at Silicon Valley and you look at even Austin, Texas. I mean, some of these areas have such a creative economy built into their GDP, they're actually able to grow and expand um, beyond the creative arts. So, so areas that kind of merge um, the business and the arts as well. So like I said before, you know, visual effects and filmmaking and 3D modeling, animation, computer graphics, um, interior design, residential, commercial spaces, digital photography, and a lot of those core um, expressive realms really have in non-creative as well. So you could do 3D modeling, animation, and forensics or in medical modeling. So you have those kind of technical aspects that can take you into non-creative industries. Um, one area that's really growing is craft art. So, you know, we've heard about Etsy and you hear about lots of artists uh, creating things in their home and, and really kind of self-expression through these small projects. And then they put their work up for e-commerce. And that's where they're getting this great feedback through social media. And they're actually able to grow a small uh, you know, stay-at-home business into something that really has the commercial appeal. Yeah, that's that is a great point. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM channel one thirty two. We're here taking your phone calls all hour, eight four four Wharton, eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So so you talked about Etsy and um you've you've talked about some concrete resources people can check out. If somebody's looking to move into the arts what is your opinion on do you need to get some type of certification, education? I know it obviously varies because we're talking about all different kinds of arts, but I sure. think a lot of times people think, regardless of their career switch, the first thing I need to do is go back to school or go get you know, some kind of training. Mm -hmm. And in some cases that's true, but in other cases... That may not be Very true. Yeah, and I have experience in both. Of course, I work in higher ed. We both work in higher ed, so we know the value of a proper education. And like I said earlier, when you look at the arts, there's the fine and the commercial. So you can go back to school and get a degree in associates or a bachelor's or even a master's and get trained in those realms. I mean, then decide uh, you know if you're going to be a fine artist and sell directly to consumer, or you're going to be a commercial artist and work for an entity. I mean, there's there that, that differentiation um, as well, but um, it is important to know that that you don't have to have a formal education of the arts, although it can help in some realms. But if you have a passion and a talent and are a natural artist and you start to build and grow your work, and then, of course, you self-promote and do some marketing and you get out in the community, if people are really responsive, um, there's an opportunity for you to start a small business, um, to be an entrepreneur, and it can kind of grow from there. So, so uh, self-taught artistry, um, some of the most highly acclaimed uh, fine artists that we've had, you know, in the world have have been self-taught um, long before there were higher education universities. Mm -hmm. and, and today there are so many alternatives. I mean, there's there's free classes, there's MOOCs, there's you know, certifications, there, there's so many outlets that, you know, education doesn't need to necessarily be your first step. But I mean, I think you, you need to explore it very openly and say, what different types of ways can I learn what's out there? Sure. And especially in fine art, um, there are some pretty concrete techniques in sculpture 
um, in painting, um, in printmaking, that to understand those technical concepts and have the materials in the studio to be able to do that work. I mean, those are things that you want to have knowledge of and be exposed to. So as your work starts to grow and expand and become more mature, that you have the tools to be able to, to grow that work. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM. Channel 132, we're here with Kelly Asbury, and we're talking all about how to transition to careers in the arts, which is such a broad, broad, broad <laughs> field when we talk about it. Um, so, I, you know, as we're wrapping up, up Kelly, I want to talk about, are there signs that you know it's time to walk away? So this is this is the tough part of it, because I know we tell people, you know, go all in and do it. But are there, there are some signs that j- this just isn't going yeah. to be the career path for you? You know, I think about uh, some artists that I've worked with and, and, you know, at a point when the work is making you suffer, right? So you love the work, um, you're passionate, you, you think that this is your life's calling. But when you take a look at your overall, you know, level of happiness in your work, is it really where you want to be? Is this really how you want to kind of exist in the world? So, so just understand that it's not your only alternative in life, right? So we had a caller earlier that, you know, is an artist, um, has a small business and wants to potentially go back into the corporate world and how to, to make that change. So at a point, maybe in that small business being an artist, if it's, it's not really working to their the best ability in life, then that's maybe when you want to consider and shift and change into something different. Um, But ultimately, you know, the least amount of suffering uh, possible is best. And of course, with many artists we've known, they have suffered to life. And some of them um, have been able to go on to be great artists through that suffering. But ultimately, it's up to you. Don't look to other people's stories to define how you want to, to make this play out in your life. Yeah, I think I think that's really critical, that idea of not comparing, because it's really easy in any field, whether you're a public speaker or in, in a you know, field in the arts, to compare yourself mm-hmm. to Absolutely. somebody else, which can be very disheartening. Yeah, and it can really, you know, start to negatively influence your work, right? So as an artist or creative, it's really about this unique voice that you have. So so ultimately, if you're looking um, for something else or being drawn in and, and established by another person's perspective or their work, then you're losing your true voice. And ultimately, you know, that can be that, that path to, to failure. Yeah, that is, that, this is such a, an interesting topic and one that I've learned so much about today, Kelly. I it mean, feels it feels very philosophical today. Almost. It, yeah, you know, but this is such a broad field. And it's, it's something that I think a lot of people think about and wonder about. And, you know, especially as a new year comes around, it's like, what, you know, should I, should I really pursue what I love? Mm-hmm. And how hard is it going to be? And I think, I think the discussion today, you know, if anything, it shows how broad it is, how many opportunities there are and how many different ways you can you can get into that field. Um, but it is a lot of ambiguity that you have to work through. But but I think we've given people some some concrete steps to start. So thank you so I much agree. for coming on. Thank Kelly. you, Don. This has been lovely. Hey, where can people reach you if they want more information? Oh, uh, how about connecting with me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yes. Never heard of it. No, I'm kidding. LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, please, you know, go on and connect and um, see my profile, see the, the types of uh, things that I've been engaged in and practiced in in the arts and in the creative field and, you know, direct message me. Um, I am in uh, a, a career services as well. So I do coaching. Um, so I can kind of lean both ways, both business and creative and the art. So I'd love to hear from you. That's awesome. And make sure you you tell Kelly in a personalized invitation where you heard her. So Kelly, thank you so much for coming on Career Talk thank and you, especially Dawn. for driving out here. I'm Michelle and Dion. Happy New Year. And of course, to all of our listeners and callers, we come here every week for you. And um, we're wishing everybody the best year in 2019. And just as we get ready to close out here, on Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. A reminder, if you're looking to promote your band through Career Talk Music, we would love to help you with that in 2019. You can send your MP3 and social handles to careertalkmusic at gmail.com. And as we close out the show, we are going to play one more time what has become my favorite 2019 song, The Hillbillies of Cohesion performing their version of Rolling My Sweet Baby's Arms. Find them on Facebook. We'll see you next time.